Hey everyone. So, <clears throat> you know, I never was a big Harry Potter fan. Um, never really got into it. A lot, tons of people that I know that did, especially children. Um, but having gone through the medicine <laughs> and understanding all sorts of wizardry and magic and you know, those things that we just don't make any sense, the sort of the alchemy of crazy. I understand now why children specifically are much closer to that world, right? They're not, they haven't been completely pummeled into oblivion. They haven't been completely distorted and frozen in this reality. And so it makes sense, and it must make sense in all of us that it had such a huge appeal. If you go into a store in Manhattan, I've been in there, it's fantastic, the Harry Potter store. You know, it feels like, wow, this is like this incredible world um, that exists. It wouldn't have that incredible pull if it didn't resonate somewhere within us, even if we don't you know, in our everyday lives, we don't participate in, you know, spells and disappearing cats and, you know, fights on broomsticks in the air. But there is something in us that responds to it, which is why we are so absolutely drawn by it, right? Um, what you find in the medicine is very much... Uh, a Harry Potter's world. And when I say that, it's the world where, yes, you can go back and forth in time. There are ghoulies and ghouls and all sorts of energies participating in this huge uh, continent of the unexplained and unexplicable. And it's all that world that's affecting us here but we can't see it. Um, so let's talk about these spirits and the underworld and the world above, right? And what's interesting to me, and it sort of came home to me, is so in my case or in my ceremonies, and I think ever since I started ceremonies eight years ago, it's been like just one long ceremony. It, it suddenly dawned on me today, like, oh my God, it's just been one ceremony. Um, where you're pulled into this, the world of energies and all sorts of other, um, let's just say, creatures and, let's just, put, let's just say call them energies because I think that's a, but it's a world where there is a huge underworld. We can get dragged into that underworld. So in, so in my own um, sort of crash course <laughs> of life <laughs> and many lives and going into the ceremony, one of the, the last pieces of the puzzle was, you know, I was an Indian in some other life. And in that world, I was uh, killed, attacked. Um, and it was by entities that didn't belong here. 
came from another planet, there were viruses. There were reptiles, really. I would call them biology. Reptiles, I think it's more straight up. And um, in one of the ceremonies, I was told, listen, you know, they were waiting for you in this life, right? They knew you were coming. They knew you were coming. So again, this is all very, again, in the world of wizardry and other worlds and, you know, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's like, I just go to work and put up sheetrock and answer calls about light bulbs that didn't get there, right? Um, so one of the, one in, in one of my moments of just, oh, fuck, um, the energy started to come up through me, right? It was like, I went to my first retreat and I had an exorcism. There was all sorts of massive energetic stuff going on and clearly something, I was involved in some massive shit show. Um, even before I got to the retreat, I was having dreams of, you know, sitting next to this cadaver and I couldn't move from it. And, it was, and all sorts of entities in my heart in the jungle. It was like crazy. Like, oh something that was really opening up and when I and I had an exorcism and it was crazy I was like a I was like a black hole collapsing in the ceremony I was moving by myself it was insane but anyway I was all in I was all in so you know I'm like whatever and when I returned home you know things got even crazier and I say crazier because I wasn't fully connected to this world so I didn't know I was being opened up into it and, um, you know, I was changing into animals and then thousands of these Indians were showing up and I was on a horse and I was galloping and suddenly I'd stop and then this huge screen of information would show. It was like otherworldly. But one of the things that started happening in the process was this energy was coming up. And, um, you know, it was scary. It's like having a, some kind of Gargolian spirit in you and it was it would just roar up and and so that's one of the reasons you know I, I returned and I would return and return and um and it got stronger and stronger and I'd be in the gym this thing was just like all right come out um until you know I, you sort of at the beginning it's like oh my god you know what the fuck is this right and then like everything in the medicine, you're being opened up. So you can become more and more accustomed to it. You know, I went down again to the jungle. I got more information um, about my, you know, what happened to me as a child and being abused. Anyway, so I got this, I was getting more, but at the same time, this really, you know, raging thing just kept coming up through me. Um... And again, this is very much in the world of, I would say, wizardry or things that we don't understand. That it's just not of this, you know, small little three-dimensional place where everything is extraordinarily compacted and small and, you know, limited. Um, and then, you know, I basically understood that I'd been trapped in this underworld by the dark, I would call the dark, that these things were 
shape-shifting viruses that had come from another place and clearly one was trapped in me or I'd been trapped by one. I mean, so much so that I couldn't move and it was a gravitational pull that held me there. This thing was literally holding me hostage, right? Had always held me hostage. In fact, if I was an Indian in the 1800s or whatever, it was obviously quite a long time that it was in me or I was trapped in this place. Now, I never, I had, you know, you don't have any ideas when you go into the medicine. I mean, I didn't do any research. I just, you know, I, in other words, I mean, I researched the place. You've got to know where the fuck you're going. You're not going to open up your psyche and, you know, in, in your friend's basement. That's for sure, right? But I, I didn't really, and I wasn't, you know, I didn't belong to that world of spirit. I didn't work, but I, I didn't really... My life just wasn't anywhere near any of this. So when it starts to sort of, when you start opening up and you start getting this sort of understanding or you get this, it's not understanding even, it's just this entry into this other world where, you know, your body is changing into animals or thousands of Indians are showing up in your, like, your little tiny studio in, you know, New York. It's like, okay. But again, it's a trust, right? You trust the medicine. So... One of the, the, the things I'd, I was told was, listen, you were stolen. All right, okay. Um, something happened, you were stolen in some other life. And it was made apparently very clear to me that you know, I'd come here and it was a trap and I, I'd been silenced, stolen, whatever. I was in the underworld, basically. And I had this, you know, raging evil thing in me. Now, this all sounds very like, what the fuck are you talking about, Marie? But it's the truth. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I don't need to sit here and talk about this shit if it's not, I wouldn't spend the time or waste the time or whatever. But I talk about it because it's, it, it's me coming from this very kind of like, nah, not really part of that world. So suddenly being thrust into this massive cauldron of like, you know, devils and demons and, you know, doctors and you know this whole universe of energies is shocking and quite frankly challenging for someone that doesn't you know live there but this was the navy seals were sent out to come get me you know i mean i'm again my gratitude is eternal right so when i talk about this and i have a bit of fun with it because you've got to have a bit of fun this stuff is serious I laugh and I you know when I laugh it's because I've been blown up so many times and I've seen so much stuff I just don't even really exist anymore <laughs> so so my fun and my laughter really is out of massive respect and and a pure like it's like what it's it's really is that like oh my god like you know if the aliens landed today you'd be like oh my god right same thing um, and it's a gift, right? Um, although at first it's just like, fuck, what the fuck is going on? So here I was, I was trapped in some other world and they knew I was coming. That was it. That, you know, after many retreats and blowing up and, you know, thinking that I'd just gotten past all the layer, I'd, I'd woken up to all the stuff that had happened within my own family, etc. 
And I thought, oh, right, it's all over. I got to see what my parents did. I got to see I was sold. I got to see her. And I thought, oh, great, because this is a great, uh, one of the, 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 the jokes of this thing is that you keep thinking it's over, right? One retreat down, oh, that's it, it must be done. And then second retreat down, and there's more stuff, right? So when it came to sort of getting through all the narrative of my parents and what they did and all the anger and the rage, I was like three of, I was three retreats in. And I was like, okay, that's it, I'm done. And then the last ceremony, the medicine said to me, they came to get you before you were born. So you're kind of like, huh? Wait, wait, it's like the cliffhanger, like, wait. I just spent, you know, the last five years literally in these different ceremonies at home daily just you know, being cleansed and cleansed. Thinking I'd got, you know, and I talked about like, it's like big wave surfing, like you're in the Nazare, you know, you've just gotten out of one wave, right? You've, you've managed to survive not being pounded by one wave and then fuck, you come up for and there's another wave. That's what it was like. It was like, oh my God, I've spent all this time in this other world. I've seen all this stuff. I can see I'm trapped. I've got these energies coming through me. Oh my God. Okay, I got through that wave. I got to see all this, my parent. Now, oh fuck, here's another hundred foot wave. <laughs> that was, the, and it was the last ceremony. So there was no, I was leaving for New York the next day and I was like, okay, they, that, this, is not, this is not ended here. They came to get you before you were born. So, and so the journey continued, right? You don't know how many, how many waves are coming in that set, right? Like, you have no fucking clue. You think you're just, first of all, you don't even know you're going for a big wave. And then a fucking 100-foot wave shows up, and then there's more and more. You have to get through all of them. Um... And, um, you know, then again, there was another ceremony I was told, listen, you're going to find this out and then when your next retreat would. Anyway, so all of this was a trap. And, you know, I was, it was like I was pulled into this underworld in some past life. I was pulled in into this underworld. And, you know, it's in, it's, it's in all the mythologies, right? Dante's hell, and, you know, it's you're either in the light in the upper world or in the lower world. And again, when you read these things when you're young, you know, I, I read so many of the class, you know, so many books when I was younger. And of course, I didn't understand any of it because I was so fucking shut down and traumatized. It was just an academic exercise. You know, it was like, oh, there's an underworld and there's an other world and okay. But it was all like, uh, it's just, you know, academic practicality of facts. It didn't mean anything to me. It was interesting. But like, you know, again, I was so shut down, right? Now, I'm reliving. <clears throat> I'm physically in this underworld. And this underworld is in me. And it's all ghouls and this this 
Gargolian thing that would just that and still like just rages up through me. <coughs> Which is like, you know, you come a, become accustomed to having at home. It's like you have a squatter, you don't know who the squatter is. It sort of peeks its head up now and again. And at first it's weird and then you just become accustomed to it and then when you're in a ceremony you get to understand what it is, why it's here, right? Um, and so this whole other world becomes like normal. And now you find yourself in that world battling those demons or spirits or whatever. And how you battle them is by facing them. So a a few years ago, a few years ago, this thing was coming up very powerfully through me. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was just newly arrived to all of this. I was sort of one retreat down and, you know, and I called this shaman who was a family member of this really powerful, powerful, powerful family. And by the way, if you're doing it, you know, please go down to these people or any, but go, go down to the people that really know how to manipulate energies and can get you into this world and out of it safely. Right. Um, <clears throat> and they're the Shipibo and you'll see them if you go on the internet. Um, anyway, so I called one of these and the whole family is like that. This is all they, they, it's in their tradition, it's in their family, and they've been doing this for thousands of years, right? So I called him up, you know, as this sort of very kind of aggressive New Yorker. <laughs> you know, like, what's going on, you know? And and, he, and and it was really lovely. It was actually a French guy that worked with him, and I called the French guy, and he put me in contact with him. And he said, you know, I did a ceremony, and you're surrounded by dark energies and spells and curses and I'm like oh fucking marvelous (laughs) and he said you know if you really need if you want to take care of this you need to come down here for about two and a half months we need to get this virgin tree it's this whole thing and I was like I can't do this now after my last retreat literally my phone stopped ringing you know I was like on shutdown I couldn't afford it two and a half months no way and uh and then part of me got pissed off, like, what do you mean I've got this thing? You know, it was like, you know, you do that rebellious, you know it all, it's not of this world, like, what is he saying? Well, of course, he's absolutely fucking right, because he's in that universe, and he gets it, and he sees everything, and you're just like this little, you know, puppet on a string, doing your little New York thing, and thinking that just because you have, you know, this job that, you know, you know it all, right? So, again you know, we're pounded, <laughs> you're blown up a few times. And also it's a cover up, you know, you don't want to, you know, face this thing, right? Of course you have, you know, you're still on cover up time. So, I mean, of course he was right, but of course at the time I was like, I'm not, I can't go down there. I mean, there's no, how am I going to get down there? What, two and a half months, I can't, you know, whatever. And of course he was absolutely right. Cause I ended up going to him in my last retreat. Um, and what I saw more and more was, yeah, I was battling 
a very powerful force. And so, and which would, you know, insist itself and just come up and... Now you're saying like, how, you know, how do you live with this thing? Well, you do, because in a way you kind of get, you know, you're going to keep going, you're going to end up going down to another retreat at some point, not for two and a half months, certainly, but definitely, you know, when I can do it, I'm going to go down and do another retreat, which is what I did, right? You don't give up hope, but it's just like, first of all, you don't want to believe that you're trapped in the underworld, right? You have... You know, they just said my soul was surrounded by all these dark forces and there were spells and curses, etc. Um, you know, your Western person doesn't want to believe it, right? But you kind of do. But you think, I can't really do anything about it right now, so I'm just going to... And then you, I got pissed off at him saying, well, why would he say that to me if I can't come down? And da, da, da. It was like this whole, you know, hate on the messenger kind of thing, right? I was just another guy. So, bottom line, I was. I was, <laughs> I was. But what's interesting is recently, this is fascinating. So, might not be for you, but I just, I'm going to talk. It was fascinating for me. So, in the Indian world, so the Indian, the Native American Indians had many myths, as do all civilizations, right? And one of them, so their belief was that we came from the sky. Now imagine at that time when you're on this huge open plain and there's this incredible sky above you, right? You've got this huge other unknown world. And they communicated with the stars. They believed that they were part of the stars, which we are. We're part of we're stardust, right? We come from stars that collapsed, that blew out. As they say, you know, you have the breath of Shakespeare and the, the toe of Julius Caesar and the and the hair of Cleopatra, whatever. Everything that you are is a recycled piece of this whole incredible experiment, this thing that's going on. And so they believed, you know, that we came from stars. And for them, there were two worlds. There was the upper world of the, I think it's a wonder bird, which was all pure light and had sort of lightning coming out of its claws and it said it would it would it'd be able to pick up a whale in the middle of the ocean and bring it out and devour it. It was this huge thing. I suppose very much comes from the sort of the dinosaurs, right? The notion of these huge rep, these birds. But then there was the underworld, which was called Hanktakila or Antakila or something. And this was a horned snake that was um, pretty powerful, that would drag. Well, first of all, you know, if you got caught there in that underworld, you were totally trapped, right? Um, the The wonder bird would send people who had committed, you know, pretty horrific atrocities there, right? So, In my own ceremony, I had thousands of snakes coming out of me. And one of the things that, um, one, of, one of the things that happened to me over and over, which I realized over and over in ceremony was, 
I was trapped somewhere by something. It was like the ringmaster of the underworld, right? It was like the ringmaster that cracks its whip and everybody's terrified and does what it wants, right? The animal is going to get on that circus stand, right? Because this thing is, is rules over it. And that's very much what I grew up with, is terror of all these people. I mean, my parent, pedophiles. I mean, just in this whole underworld of horror and filth and sewer. And being trapped there. So, I feel like I've been trapped in that underworld for eternity and the medicine came along to wake me up, to face the ringmaster, right? To get me out. So, all these things that, you know, you know, we have a very classic understanding. We have, a, the, we have a, a, a version of what the world is, right? We're taught it at school, we're history, etc. We, we, we read about, right, all this stuff in the you know, upper world, the lower world. It's in all traditions, it's in all cultures about the dark and the light, you know, who do you feed the, you know, the dark or the light, right? But when you go into a ceremony, <laughs> you are really living these things. You are, it's, it's like you're, you know, I feel like I've been in a ceremony for the last eight years and that I've actually been, come face to face with what's actually been going on, which I could never see, right? The medicine offers you, and you think, oh, it's just in history books, so we've all passed on, and this is all just fairy tales from some other, you know, from some, you know, LSD, drew, you know, some guy that was like, obviously sitting in the dark for too long, and, you know, sniffing you know too much opium or something it and then you go and you know by the way I don't do anything I don't drink I don't I don't do any of this shit I've never have not been my cup of tea I I've been very good at just I think I'm you know built a massive vault to my all these issues but like that was my thing right I so when you go into the medicine you're opened up into this unbelievable world of all the stuff that you've read about, that you've think is impossible, you know, you're traveling in between dimensions. You're you're stuck. I mean, I I must have been stuck then for many lifetimes in this darkness, in this underworld. Um, one of the um, in one of the ceremonies. So for me, originally, all these Indians would show up, which again, you know, being on the Upper East Side, you're sitting on a meditation mat and suddenly you're on a horse and you're actually cantering is a bit weird, right? <laughs> so, and I have thousands of Indians around me and they're all, I'm like, God, there's thousands of Indians. And what I came to understand is that this is way before I even knew that I belonged to this tribe. I must belong to these people, right? Because if they're showing up, right? You know, they came to get me. They came to save me. They came to find me. 
Now this is all, as you go into the medicine, it's a slow opening, right? It's like opening this huge, like these tectonic plates are being opened up and being pulled apart and you're seeing everything that's, you know, who you are or why you're here or, and so I would be at home and I'd put on the ikaros and suddenly I was on a horse galloping. I'd have thousands of Indians day after day after day. And what would happen is I'd suddenly stop on this horse and then this huge image would come up and I would see some horrific event that happened to me when I was younger or I'd be in some 3D holographic version of my childhood in some home, some, it was insane. It was like I was completely being opened up. All the past was being opened up. Like I was literally asleep in a coma somewhere. Like So the medicine, the, the healing of the medicine is to wake you up, right? And so, one of the amazing pieces of this is that I would be in these situations, whether it was in ceremony or at home, where these things would be, and I would be there like real time, like I, more real than this. I remember literally sitting. I must have been three or four at this table and I could see the, you know, before they had those ketchups, like these tomato shapes, right? I could smell the chips in this place. I could smell the tomato sauce. I must have been three or four. And these men were there conferring. It was like horrific and terrifying. But, you know, all of this past was opening up. But in real time, not like a memory. No, you were like there. You could smell the chips, see the people, smell the breath, see the very pairs on these people. It was like more real than real. But what was happening was that this had happened to me. In other words, I was stuck there as a puppet. In a ceremony, um, I think one of the most powerful ceremonies at home, which I really understood, oh fuck, I'm, I don't, I'm not here, was, you know, millions of these black snakes coming out of me. Like, they just started just like, and then suddenly in front of me, the medicine blew up like this Herculean soldier with this sort of sword of light. So, this, I was trapped in this darkness. It was in me, right? I was a prisoner of it. It had me trapped. And it trapped me from, clearly from another lifetime. And then as a child, it had set up this trap where I would be in this, I would be sold by my parents. I was in this pedophile ring. I was completely at the mercy of all this horrific darkness. And that's one of the things I recognized in that moment when this was happening, when all these black snakes were coming up. And I was just an observer of this. I was an observer watching this. And I realized, fuck, I'm trapped here by these forces, this 
you know, underground world, this, the dark. And the medicine was trying to get me to wake up <coughs> or get me out. <coughs> so you get to understand as you go along, as you open up into this, into these worlds, why it is that you feel stuck in this world, right? Like, why can't I get out of this? And you know, I spent a hundred years sitting at, you know, on the floor of the Amazon bookshop trying to figure out, you know, reading 10,000 books and all sorts of things, trying to figure out what was going on. And this is before any of the medicine or anything, right? And I was stuck because I literally was stuck in an underworld. I was owned by this ringmaster of evil that was now inside of me. I was in the under, I was in the underworld, which sounds nuts. You know, I get up, I have Starbucks, I go to work. And this illusion of who we are here is pretty powerful. <clears throat> but the medicine breaks the illusion and shows you the forces that really hold you hostage, which again are not, you know, it's not in thinking, it's not a sh somebody sitting with a clipboard and a diploma and an ape saying, no, there's a man in your life. No. <laughs> I mean, you're full on in this underworld or whatever it is that you got trapped or stuck. And so really the whole everything I lived was a part of that trap. The parents that were chosen, the underworld, you know, the pedophile ring I was sent to, being trapped, trapped there, the terror and the fear of all of it. You know, children screaming, the whole thing. Coming home to a parent that was unsafe and weak, it was all set up. So I would remain a hostage. <coughs> The medicine came to rescue me, right? To wake up my soul, to get me out of the underworld. I couldn't either on my own. There's no way I was completely and utterly trapped by it. I was terrified of it. And it had shown up when I was a child, right? So even more pounding, it's like a stampede. You might as well just be dead. I remember very clearly an image of me sinking to the bottom of the ocean when I was three or four, like I was just, it was over. The breaker switch was off. I was trapped. Then concurred, you know, by the shaman. He said, listen, your soul is surrounded by all these dark forces and curses and spells. Anyway. And then only really recently understanding, oh, okay, there's the underworld. And what's interesting also about this particular horned snake that rules the underworld for the Indian, Native American Indian mythology is that it could shape-shift. That's what I was really getting to. It could shape-shift, right? In other words, it could become <coughs> or appear as a human being. And what's interesting is that in the ceremony, a boyfriend I had was shown to me to be this to actually not be the boyfriend. He was actually a virus. He was part of the same fucking reptilian underworld thing, right? 
I, it literally showed me in the medicine, like, he was a reptile and suddenly, he was this person. Shapeshifters. So you say you're stuck. Okay, I'm stuck. I don't know why I'm stuck. Welcome to the underworld, right? I had no idea. Let me read a few self-help books. I'm stuck. It must be something to do with something. I'm anxious. Oh, here's a pill, right? That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about getting to the energetic field in the medicine, to these energetic fields. As they say, the disease comes later. First, it's the trapped energies. So this has just been one ceremony, literally, for the last eight years, I think I've been in, um, for me to fully understand what the fuck has been going on, right? I was totally trapped, completely trapped. Had no idea. And and one of the things that I had done as when I'd gotten trapped, I had, you know, bonded with this darkness. I had made it right. Well then you become a prisoner of it, right? And then in so doing, I had given away these secrets. Again, I don't know what those secrets were, but they had to do with something that was important. And so I got one of the most painful, the most difficult tellings off. I mean, it was just death, really. And and rightly deserved, right? I betrayed my own family by being trapped down here. So, you know, we talk about heaven and hell. Sartre would say, hell is other people. Didn't like that guy too much. He was a bit of a naysayer. Um... But again, we can read all we like and I can, you know, imagine in my brain. But until, until you're in there, until you're feeling, right, you're like, you're in that world. It seems magical to us, but it's very real in the medicine. And really, ultimately, the medicine came to get me out. The medicine came to wake me up, to face these the ringmaster that had held me hostage and continues, right? Not so much anymore because now it's like, okay. Also, one of, um, for me, the last eight years has, has been really like being in a cave, really, as far as, you know, I get on with my life, but I'm really sitting and you know doing a lot of meditation and sitting and being and connecting to the medicine so you get to be more connected and see more and more of this world when you're not distracted right I mean I do a lot of Netflix binging and all that stuff too don't get me wrong but like my world has absolutely no drama in it and it really is dedicate you know I've sort of dedicated it to to you know, healing my little girl or getting her or taking her back. And that requires, that for me, it was a commitment. I'm not going to get, I'm not, you know, this is the main priority. In the same way that if you want to, you know, climb the Himalayas or do some massive adventure, you have to train for it. And the same, this is for me is, my teaching is, for me has been, look, 
it's not just the ceremonies, but when you come back from the ceremony, the, you know, the plants inside of you, it's going to get, it's going to keep healing you. And you have to keep listening to and listening for what's going on, right? So that connecting is, I don't do it daily now as I used to, but I do connect. I'm connected that I can't describe it really, whether it's in a sleep or in a dream or in some reality, it's, it's always a connection going on, right? If you give up on the plants, the plants give up on you, right? You have to keep connected to the plants. If you lose that connection, or you, you know, so for me, it's always been a priority. And I think that's why, I've, you know, it's, it's been so powerful. Again, that was just my own decision to do that. I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I don't know, I don't understand this, but I'm going to understand. I'm going to keep connecting because if it's nature, then, right? So in the end, I was trapped in some other life. I was ended up in the underworld. And that's one of the questions I'd asked in a ceremony where, you know, all these Indians showed up. And this was actually in a ceremony in Peru. And these Indians were like, come, Maria. I had thousands of them. Come home. Come. They were trying to get me out. They would come. And I couldn't. I literally, I was stuck. I couldn't crawl across that fucking floor. I could literally move a finger. I, would, I felt so fucking stuck in this, in this darkness. And that shaman was right. I was surrounded by curses and evil and darkness or whatever. I was in the underworld, literally. Hello. Aisle four at Costco's, right? And all of this effort has been to get me out. But to get out, you have to then face a lot of shit. Why couldn't I leave? Well, because I had bonded with this darkness. Why couldn't I leave? Because I couldn't see this thing. I couldn't see it. First of all, I had to see my parents and what they did and go through all of that. Then I had to get to this thing and this was this pedophile and it was a virus. So you just, and then I'd given away all these secrets. It's just like it gets, right? The story gets like bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I'm, you know, some chieftain on the plains in some other lifetime in a ceremony and I'm there on the plains with these Indians, and right? To be healed, you need to be released. You need to see you need to wake up to all of these different dimensions, to all of this, whatever the energetic trap is. Now, it's not the same for everyone. I'm just telling mine because it's so crazy, right? But I'm just saying is that when you go into this medicine, this whole world of information is opened up, but you have to face it. It doesn't, it's not just given to you. I didn't get this information because I just, I was like, okay, no, I had to face all of the resistances I had to seeing it, which is why you feel like death. And it's like being pounded by a hundred foot Nazare wave. When you go up to these resistances, I had tons and tons and tons of resistances within me to not seeing any of this. It's not like you go and you go, okay, give me a little screen and show me. No, 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 no. You're literally having to relive every single event. 
You're going to have to relive. For me, it was like being in this pedophile ring, hearing these children screaming. I have to relive my parent. And again, real time, selling me on a street in London. I have to relive, you know, all this horror. I can't even, it's too horrific to even describe, right? I had to relive all the moments I had refused that I had kept hidden. The dam I put up to refuse all of this. And when you come up to these resistances in a ceremony, the sickness is death. It's like you do not want to surrender that information. That's when you puke. Is when you're willing to release the resistance to the truth. I was so terrified and so owned by terror that I built the resistances against myself, right? What do we do as children? We refuse that event. But if, we, if I refuse that event, I'm refusing my existence, right? I authorize that event. It's okay. It's like an avalanche. Every time I pretend that didn't happen, I get buried more and more and more. And every time I accept that that didn't happen, although it did, I give power to the perpetrator. And I refuse myself. This waking up is for you to be here. I was owned by the ringmaster because I refused to face the things that had happened to me in the terror of childhood, right? If I refuse to feel and to see those events, well, I give power to the dark. I give it legitimacy. I let it own me, right? And then another event, and they're just layers, and you get more and more buried by accepting them. So, you know, I had parents that were very weak that sold me, that weren't capable, who, you know, I was terrified around because I was so unsafe. But instead of feeling that, instead of seeing that, I tried to fix them, right? I couldn't have parents that were the actual predators, right? So I had to reinvent them and make them work. That's, you know, problem number one, right? But you, what are you going to do as a child, right? That's what you do. That was a trap. They were a trap. They'd been sent, so I would, you know, be stuck there, right? I had to save them for us to survive. I had to accept all the horror that was done to me to make them strong. I had to fix them. Instead of, because you can't say as a child, oh my God, these people are like useless and powerless and what the fuck are they doing? And they're doing that. No, you figure a way to make them work. But again, it's a lie. It's a cover up. And then you believe this 
lie and then you believe your invention and and so you're stuck, right? So that was the first, again, massive thing I had to get through was all of that burial ground and to see them for who they truly were and what they did. And that, that was a whole, that was in itself a huge... So it depends how deep you're buried because it depends how much you've accepted, how much you're trying to make things work when they're wrong, right? A parent that abuses you, a parent that hurts you, we try to make them work, we excuse them, we, we have to have parents, that's, the, that's why the darkness comes in childhood, it's the easiest way, it's a breeding ground of the dark, right? It's the red riding hood all over again, male or female, this doesn't matter, right? You're seduced, you're tricked, you're groomed. And you bond. Where you bond, you build. And then you believe that. And then you hide all your shit. You have to make them work. Even if they're aliens, even if they're hurting you. Right? That's, that's the power of childhood. We have to invent them if they don't exist. Because we need parents. So once every time you agree to them, and, you know, I saw over and over many things in my childhood that were wrong, that were just fucking plain awful, but I couldn't allow myself to see them. I mean, I, I couldn't go on a play date. I thought I was, gonna, I was dying from when I arrived, right? I'm going to die on this play date. Why would I be thinking about dying on a play date? I'm three, four, right? Because you're imbibing, you're, imbi- you're, you're like, you're a sponge taking all of the stuff in. But that whole event was nothing compared to what was behind that event. That was just a cover-up. That was just a, you know, that was the, uh, the cover band, right? That was just like, that took God knows how long to get through. Just them. That wasn't the main show. The main show, after I spent God knows how many years trying to uncover all of that and expose that in my own, in my being, was then this darkness that showed up as this pedophile who was literally the head of the underworld, right? The reptilian thing that shapeshifted into this pedophile to whom I was sold and who then had me castrated and abused and horrific. So he was on a throne and his dick was in my mouth. That's how disgusting. Then I had to wake up to all of that and all the events that happened in these pedophile rings. And oh, it was horrific. I was completely owned. And I was completely owned and I couldn't see the ringmaster, right? So you can't see it. Yeah, I was stuck. I had no idea why until I opened up this whole world, right? You can't see it. Because it's, you know, you're being held hostage in these energies, in these energetic fields. And again, as I've speculated before, 
aliens don't show up with little, you know, antennae in little round spaceships. They, they travel through fields. I was stuck in a field, in an energetic field, which I couldn't see or have access to until I was in the medicine. And only with the help of the consciousness of these plants, which again have been here for 700 million years, could I be woken up to see that I was stuck and why I was stuck. This whole thing had made it wrong to be me, right? Had littered me with shame and horror and so that I would never face this thing. I would comb her out, which I did. In fact, in a ceremony, I had my child in my hands in a coma. The whole overwhelm would shut me down. I would never face this thing. It happened as a child. No child is going to wake up to this truth, right? If it wants to survive. But for me to be free of it, for me to, 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 to leave, I had to see all of it. Again, there's no anesthesia. <laughs> the whole healing happens in the reliving. And in the reliving is the rewiring. And in the rewiring is you showing up. Because for you to live in refusal, you have to have a lot of strategies. You have to have a lot of dams. You have to have a lot of vaults. You've got to keep those hatches closed tightly, which means you don't exist. So if all my energy is spent, you know, reinventing this person, making that person work, you know, or doing all these things, I'm not here. I mean, all that energy, I am here, but my energy is spent refusing everything. That's an awful lot of work. Once you face whatever you need to face, what are you going to be afraid of? There's no energy spent refusing anything. Right? Because every time you think, if I see this, I'm going to die, of course you're going to reinvent it. Because remember, you're not trapped now. You're trapped in childhood. So what's terrified is not you now. It's your little boy or little girl. It's their little soul that's been kidnapped. Not you now. But you now have that little boy or little girl. Right? So for you to come, become whole, and one of the things that I was getting very frustrated about recently was like, I was just telling my little girl, like, listen, Look, if you don't give this guy up or if you don't show me everything, then, you know, I'm going to leave you behind with it. You know, I'm like, I'm off. I'm done. I've been here. You know. But the fact is you can't, you know, you can't. You, you need what you, for you to become whole, <coughs> you need all of you back. You know, your three-year-old, your four-year-old, your, all, the, all the pieces of you that were kidnapped. And... 
you know, one of my concerns was, you know, what did I do to end up in the underworld, right? Fuck. You know, did I commit some horrific atrocity? Did, you know, was I, like, how the fuck did I end up there? Was I sent there by, you know, the light because I, you know. So one of the, you know, you've got to be, it's, it's all really honest and kind of like you feel kind of ashamed, like, oh, my God, what the fuck did I do? And But I'm a good person. So in one of these ceremonies where I couldn't move, like, and the Indians were there, I'm like, what? And I asked them. They kept saying, come, Maria, come. I couldn't leave this place. And I said, why did I leave? In other words, my question was, what the fuck did I do to end up here, stuck in this place? You know, did I leave on, you know, with volition? And I remember the Indians responding to me, no, you were stolen. You were stolen from us. All right, so that makes me feel a little bit better, right? But then in a ceremony... <coughs> I had, I was shown that I had bonded there. I had given away secrets that belonged to my family or the Indians that I. And now I again did not remember any of this or have any clue. This could have been, it might as well have been on Mars as far as I was concerned. But in that one, the final ceremony when I was in the final in this retreat in January. I mean, you know, death would have been a nice thing to have felt because what I was feeling in that ceremony was beyond death. It was the worst ceremony ever. And the medicine was saying to me, there's something you're not telling me, Maria. I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is it? And I was like, what? Then I see my little girl giving away this information to this, you know, shape-shifted fucking pedophile who was part of this underworld thing that ceremony if I ever have to repeat that ceremony again please you know like shoot me it was the worst because I had this in me I had a resistance in me all right where I had betrayed right my own people but again I was trapped down there so, whatever is going on, and this is, you know, again, I'm just talking about this, but my particular experience as, as this whole thing is being put back together, right? This whole world that you cannot see that you're participating in is opened up. And yeah, it's very Harry Potterish, if I would, but it's even bigger than Harry Potter. It's Harry Potter on Supersize Me. Because it's your events. Your life. Your connection to whatever other lifetime, whatever act of whatever you've, that you've ended up here. It's like this parallel, like this is a parallel universe to it. Like here we're 
like we're like robots here. We have we're stuck in this very limited dimension, very limited seeing. Birth, death, birth, death, birth, death. Right, birth, Starbucks, <laughs> travel, death. Birth, Starbucks, work, travel. Death. Well, it's very you know it's like very small. And in this parallel universe, which is connected to this, is this whole epic narrative of who you are. It's crazy. But the medicine has to open it up so you can understand everything. And the waking up is not some fanciful sitting around twanging a guitar around a fire camp. No, it's like here's a fucking hundred foot wave and you do not want to face it. But if you don't, you will be pounded by it. So you better wake the fuck up. Because all of you, if you're shut down, is full of resistances. Again, it's like being somebody shooting 10,000 arrows into you you don't even know it you've been shut down and so every time you get past a resistance you're pulling out an arrow and as you can well imagine it is tough to pull out that arrow which is why you feel so fucking sick and it feels like death Because you're literally being re-engineered. Every time an arrow is pulled out, every time you face a resistance, every time you meet that thing, you're brought back to life. I was, had so many resistances in me. God, Jesus, fuck. I mean, they really wanted to make sure that I would never, ever face any of this. But I have no choice. Like, I can't live if I can't see. Like, at, you know, when you start this journey, you're in. Like, there's, you know, once you're in, you know, I'm not going to stop till it's done, right? As I said, a commitment is to my little girl. I, you know, I'm going to wake up, whatever this thing was. So, yeah, I was trapped in an underworld by this incredibly powerful magnetic force of terror. Really. They should put it in the science books because it, it's basically like gravity if you're very little. And I, w- I was combed out and owned. So when you wake up a piece by piece and you face these resistances, one and then another and then another. And by the way, no one can do it for you. So here's the thing, you know, a fortune teller can say, tell you, oh, look, you know, there was a man in your life or there's a woman in your life that did, that's all great and good. But that is not going to heal you. You have to wake up to that experience. I think that's the most important thing. No one can do this work for you. There is no shrink. There is no medication there is no, even if I can see, right? You know, one of the shamans said to me, listen, you did something really bad. I didn't know what that was, right? Out of the blue, she just said, listen, 
Now, that's all great. Okay. Or someone can even say to you, listen, you know, you... I don't know, you robbed a sweet from a candy store when you were three or whatever. You can, somebody can tell me that. That doesn't, it doesn't change my energetic field. It can't. You have to keep on going in and experiencing the event. The event might be true. The person has clairvoyant potential and says, listen, you know, you're a, a Roman soldier that, you know, hurt someone or something and someone yeah okay I can say that to you that doesn't change anything all I know I'm still stuck though until I experience being that Roman soldier doing that thing in a ceremony in real time it's still not a breakthrough you have to re-experience the events it's that experiencing it in the medicine in real time, that the energetic shift happens. It cannot happen by someone else telling you. This is very, very important. Or discussing it in a therapy session. It helps, by the way, I'm not, no shade, again, no shade. But it doesn't solve the problem. I remember, oh yeah, that they did this. Until you're fully in that reality, right? Only then, when that resistance is being torn down and you are reliving that moment in real time, can that energy, it's the energy that's being shifted. I met somebody recently who, I didn't remember, by the way, I didn't remember any of this, so it was even more difficult for me because I was completely in a coma. But I was with somebody recently who did remember or the horrific events that happened to her. Very clearly. She's still stuck, though. She's still stuck. The medicine, in that medicine, you are reliving the energetic shutdown. Energy is being removed. The blockage, even if you know it, it's still a blockage. I can know something with my brain. Somebody can say something to me. Oh, Maria, you were a, you know, a Roman soldier in another life that killed a whole village or something. Okay. The shaman said to me, listen, you did, some, you did something pretty bad. Okay. You can tell me. And I might remember. In my case, I didn't, right? But until I am reliving it energetically in that time-space continuum, in a reality that's more real than real, I'm still not dealing. It's still a blockage. That's why I say that even now, having seen more than my fair share of horror, thank you very little, I want to come back as a coconut on a coconut tree, I might still have to go keep going into ceremonies to see more stuff. I don't know. I didn't know I had, you know, given away all these secrets because I was trapped and all this whole narrative. I had no idea. It was a shock to me and Sarah. I'm like, what the fuck did you do, Maria? What the fuck were you doing? 
right? We are keeping things from ourselves that we don't know. And if we do know, they have to be relived to be re- to be rewired. It's not enough to think it, to know it. You have to energetically undo it. Right? That's the difference. That's why this is a very difficult but absolutely liberating path. Because we are energy. We are made of energy. Everything else is just extra. Little brains, little everything. It's energy. And the releasing of or the seeing of, or the, you know, the opening up, or the awakening of you is happening in an energetic cauldron, a bubbling energetic cauldron, where you have the ability to re-experience that event that's gotten stuck. And why, for me, it's a commitment of just constant getting, connecting, and just trying to be in that place so that I can truly be connected and and not run away from or distract from. Because we keep trying to find these places of refuge. Like you see a little something and you run over here to try to find refuge for it. But you've got to see it on, full on. No refuge, nothing. Just here it is. Here's reality. Here's what happened right? The medicine is going to come in with enormous amounts of her Xanax's love, right? Or her, whatever it is that people take now, I don't know. But that, the medicine, the love is the Xanax. The medicine is the medication for you to see. It is the anesthesia. It's the love that the medicine comes with. You're not alone, right? Which is why surrender is so important. You're not alone here. You're alone if you're stuck. You're severed if you're stuck. So the medicine is working to wake you up, to accept you, right? So if you're, I was trapped in a place where I wasn't accepted, I was ridiculed, I was abused, I was basically sort of stampeded out of existence by all these, again, 100 Nazare foot waves of just like, you are never getting out of here, right? But you can get out if you wake up and you see it. Okay. Right? You keep saying, no, I'm going to see it. Okay, it's going to be horrific. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to change into animals. Things are going to show up. I, my phone's going to stop ringing. The whole world's going to come to a standstill. I'm just like, what the fuck? But I will not be cornered by this shit. Right? It's like you're literally going, a whole, a whole tidal wave is standing in front of you, and you're, you're not running. You're going to go, okay, bring it on. Now, that's very, I, I talk about it very blase. It takes a lot, and even now it's tough to do, right? But you're like, No. I am not going to leave until this is done, whatever that takes, right? It's a commitment. 
And in that commitment, you get access to all of this information, you get access to this whole other world, you get the, you know, support of the medicines that come in to help and and you have to participate, you're a full participant in this thing. Right? The medicine said, look, you know, we work as a team, we're all together, you, me, the plants, everyone, shamans, we're all here to move this fucking shit, right? And in the real world, you're going to feel alone because there's not a lot of people who are doing this, right? So you're going to feel, you're not, not a lot of people are going to, you know, go to work and, you know, talk about, oh, by the way, last night, you know, I had this, <laughs> I was in this ceremony where this whole thing, and there were all these demons and, So this is not something you can sort of, it's a very personal journey. It's a very personal relationship that you're having with the medicine, right? And yes, there are groups people talk about whatever, right? But it's you that have to go into that ceremony. You know, I was recently in a ceremony where a, a, a friend of mine, you know, was calling out for help. I wanted to go over and help. I couldn't. The medicine said no. No. You have to deal with what's going on here with you. They're going to get the help they need. Don't worry, they're going to be fine. So, no easy journey. What you get back is you. Or your energy, or your thing, or... You get to love yourself again, which is pretty amazing. You get to accept yourself. You get to, you know, why was life so much such a struggle? And it wasn't. It was all an obstacle course, right? Against you. It's all the tide pushing your, refusing your existence. That's all it was when I was in this. Und- and, you know, again, pieces of it still exist, right? So, but I can see now from a much higher perspective of like it was just all an obstacle course to ensure I never showed up you know why isn't life abundant and lovely and loving and I'm just doing my no because you know that was the obstacle course now for some reason I had to go I I had to you know this was my journey right the medicine made it very clear listen you had to go through this right okay You had to wake up to this. So, it is Harry Potter on steroids. (laughs) If you're going into like the underworld or whatever, it's hello, you're leaving this dimension, and this is a tiny little parallel universe that's happening here, in which we're just like, you know the surface cover for really what's going on in all these other dimensions. Of course there are 10,000 things going on that we cannot see. Hello, now there's viruses here that show up as, that can shape shift, okay. Um, and by the way, you know, you're being held hostage by, you know, this ringmaster of terror, which is basically sort of a shape-shifting reptile that, again, isn't from here. And what are you going to do about it? 
you know. So ultimately, the gift is you're made whole. That's it. The gift is no more fear. And of course, you know, it's like learning to walk. It's like, oh, why? Okay. Mm. Well, how does this work now? Like, well, there's, see, in the, in the world where you're stuck, there's a whole machination of strategies and formulas and negotiating and try, and always being terrified and never quite, you know, can I do this and should I do that? And, and, and another piece of this, and that then sort of gets blown out of the water, well, you're just here. And then another piece of it, which is really fascinating, is when you look back and you look at all these characters that showed up, and it could be anyone, friends, parents, family, whatever, you no longer see them as that. It's like, oh, these were the obstacles kind of sent in. Or these are the people sent in to you know, keep you trapped or teach you a lesson or whatever, right? Everybody, but everybody that comes into your life, when you begin to dissolve your connections, right, and see them, you realize, oh, these are all just spirits or energies. Um, who are here to get you out or teach you or everybody is there for a purpose. Every single human being has a purpose in your life. <clears throat> and that could either be to be an obstacle course or to teach you something or to something. But there's no inherent, this is crazy to say, but there's really no inherent attachment because you're all one anyway. We're all one anyway, right? So it's, it's amazing. They're no longer... You know, once you're in these other realms and you see the whole narrative of your existence, you recognize, oh, fuck. When you don't have any attachment to them, when you're not being, you know, held hostage by them or whatever is going on with them, you don't see them as whatever it was, a friend, a parent. You don't see them as that. They're just energies. It's fascinating. It's like looking at a chessboard and going, oh, that move was made for this reason. So the whole thing is really, it's like the sinking of the Titanic. Your whole world will be upside down. You won't understand anything. And, but all of that world that you go into, that sort of parallel universe, is the school is the x-ray and the medicine is the privilege of this medicine is the privilege and again you have to really trust it like really trust it and surrender to it the medicine is here to teach you the lessons to show you the real story And, uh, but you have to constantly commit to it, right? You have to constantly commit to, to allowing yourself to go into these ceremonies, 
to relive these experiences. And you don't know what they are, how they're going to show up. You have no idea. None. And you have to be willing to collapse. Right? Willing to fully engage in what the medicine is going to give you. Even when it's, you know, being pounded and being told off and seeing that you're not the person you think you are, right? That you've done some shit, right? And accepting that. And, you know, forgiving yourself and asking for forgiveness for that event, right? Even though I was six or seven, right? Whatever, and what the medicine teaches you is whatever you do, certainly me, has, has consequences, whether you're six or seven or a hundred, Everything is affecting everything. Everything is either harmonizing or injuring. And then the bigger story, or the bigger thing, you know, that there's this, the darkness does exist, and that we have to battle it. By battling it, we must wake up to it. It didn't serve me to put my head in the ground and go into a coma, although that's all I could do. What it serves me is when I can wake up and see it and face it. That it can only have power if I refuse it. I'm a slave to it when I refuse to see it. So, tons of lessons. Your world will be, you know, is slightly, go slightly upside down. You will enter this whole Harry Potter's universe of, you know, no physics, no boundaries, no nothing. And, you know, get a tiny little understanding of what else is going on <laughs> beyond the next Netflix show. <laughs> Bye.